Revelation chapter number 20. Revelation chapter number 20. Uh, last week, we, we discussed the millennial reign and what an awesome time that's going to be. Amen. God's going to restore things back to Eden and it's going to be a, a, we're going to call him wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Amen. It's going to be a great, great time. Uh, God's going to restore. He's going to rule this earth with a rod of iron. Uh, it's, it's going to be great. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that just a little bit tonight, but we're going to finish up. I, I mentioned just a little bit. Uh, about the revolt last week, but I don't, I, I, we didn't go into too much detail, but I want to cover that. I don't, I don't want to just leave you hanging on, on the revolt and what, what that's about. Uh, so we're going to cover that and then go into the very last judgment, the great white throne judgment, and then, uh, see what God has for us tonight. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's look in revelation 20, <clears throat> revelation 20 and verse number seven. Verse number seven. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and he shall go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, the the flat place. It it says now now remember, remember during the tribulation period and and right uh, during the earthquake, the great earthquake that takes place, mountains will be flattened. The, uh, uh, Mount, Mount Zion will be the highest point on the earth and everything around will be like a plane. So that makes this make sense. All right. The armies of the earth are going to come against Jerusalem, the highest point on the earth in a flat plane. And they're going to surround the camp of God's people. It says in the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's all read that Fairview. Help us read it at your campus. Read it together. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this is such a sober, sober topic. And I know, I know that you have warned us and you have told us and you have encouraged us. You have pleaded with us to trust you so we have, don't have to make it to this place. And Lord, I pray right now that if there's someone under the sound of my voice, if there's someone that's watching by way of the internet, Lord, if there's someone at the campus at Fairview that doesn't know you, has never repented, has never turned to you from their sins, I pray tonight will be that night. God, I'll thank you. I'll glorify your name. Please forgive us of everything that would hinder the Holy Spirit from having his way tonight. 
Uh, Lord, we, 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 we fail and we fall. And Lord, we, we need your mercy every morning. And it's a good thing they are new every morning. And God, I pray that you'll just, just, just take away anything in this congregation that would hinder you from having free reign and free will. Holy Spirit, have your way. Move in and out the pews tonight. And God, I pray that you'll teach us. I pray that you'll develop us, Lord. I pray that we'll grow in knowledge and understand you better today than we did yesterday. Lord, please don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people saying, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. Let's do, let's do a little brief review. little brief review, okay? Uh, last week we learned the millennial reign is going to take place after the tribulation period. Jesus is going to come, battle of Armageddon. He's going to whoop everybody. And then he's going to have the judgment of the nations, right? The judgment of the nations. Uh, he's going to separate the sheep from the sheep from the goats. Listen, this is the judgment, uh, the separation, the preparation of the people. He's already met with the Jews in the wilderness. He's already, uh, they have turned to him and, and believed on him. They said, what are these wounds that you have received? And he said, in the house of my friends, everybody, and that's, we all know that that's the last two weeks. We've, we've covered that. He, he prepared the, or the, the Gentiles and the, the sheep and goats and, and everybody going into the kingdom is redeemed. Everybody going into the kingdom, the Jews, the Gentiles, they are all a redeemed group of people going into the kingdom. Uh, they are inheriting the kingdom that God has prepared for them. Uh, we know that that puts two kinds of people in the millennial reign. It puts people with a glorified body and people with a natural body. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Let me explain that if you're new. The people with a glorified body will be the church, the body of Christ. Those have gone to, that were raptured out before the tribulation period, they've received their glorified body and they come back to rule and reign with Christ here on this earth. Those that survived the tribulation period will go into the millennial reign in their natural bodies. And they will still marry and given in marriage and have children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, 1,000 years, 1,000 years of extended life. He said, if you, if you die at 100, you'll be called a child when you die. There's going to be an extended period of life. Uh, the, the cancer will be taken away. All of the things that the curse brought upon this earth will be taken away. Heart disease, uh, 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 diabetes, all of these things. So there's going to be, uh, back to an atmosphere of Eden. So can you imagine how many people, how many children, how many grandchildren, how many great grandchildren can be born in a thousand years of a perfect atmosphere where there's not going to be any murders, there's not going to be any of all that, because there's going to be swift justice from the rod of iron that's carried by the Lord Jesus. This is going to be an it's going to be the greatest population explosion ever in the history of humanity. Children being born, children being born, children being born, death rate very, very, very minute. People living to six and seven, eight hundred years of age. Some may, some, some may live throughout the whole entire millennium. And so this earth is going to be packed with people. 
packed with people. At the end of the thousand years, at the end of the thousand years, Satan is going to be loosed one more time. Now keep in mind, he's been chained. He's been put in his place. And now he's going to be loosed one more time to do what Satan does. Now, I, I, I got to be honest with you. This, this has puzzled me for a long time, uh, uh, ever since I was a little kid. And I, I, I learned about this and Satan being bound. Man, that's a good thing. Leave him in there. Leave him in there, man. Why would you turn that scoundrel loose, man? Leave him in there. Amen. But there's a reason. How many of y'all know tonight that God does everything with a purpose? Nothing's ever by accident. Nothing's ever by coincidence. He didn't just say, I let him go. No, there's a purpose. There's a purpose and we'll see that. All right, now, so let's jump right into the outline. Are y'all ready? Is everybody, is that a good enough brief up up to date now? Let's jump in there, okay? Number one, number one, here's here's your notes. First of all, we see the last revolt. The last revolt. <clears throat> the Bible says, go back to chapter number 20. It says, and when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is at the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, the plain, the flat place of the earth, and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are. Keep in mind, the beast and the false prophet was cast in there at the, at the end of the tribulation period. If y'all remember right before Armageddon, amen. Remember? All right. And they are tormented day and night forever and ever. Now keep in mind, there are people that go around and preach annihilationism. In other words, that when people go to hell, they just burn up and they're just annihilated. Not according to that verse. That totally destroys that teaching and that doctrine. Now, now here's the deal. First of all, three things I want you to see in this. First of all, I want you to see Satan, Satan. First, he's loosed. Verse number seven, write that down. He's loosed. He's been chained. He's been bound. He, he does not have the ability to, to go and tempt. He does not have the ability to go and to lie. He's a liar, the father of it. He's a murderer from the beginning. He's the tempter. He's the accuser of the brethren. But he has been bound. His influence on this earth has been zero for 1,000 years. But now he's loose. All right? Then write this down. Not only is he loose, but he's leading He's leading. What is he doing? He's going to all four corners of this earth. When when, when it says the the, the four corners, it it doesn't mean that the earth is flat. It means the north, the south, the east, and the west. All right? That's what that means. In other words, all over this earth, deceiving people. Deceiving people. Now, listen up. Listen up. In the review, I forgot something. We learn... We learn that even in the millennium that Jesus is going to have enemies. Jesus is going to have people that will not want to follow him. Now they will, they will because of the rod of iron, but inside it's like little Johnny. It's like little Johnny. You know, little Johnny got in trouble, got, got his britches set on fire and put down because his mama kept telling him to sit down. And, and he said, I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. That's, that's what these people are. 
They're going to give an outward form of submission, an outward form of worship. On the outside, they submit to his authority. On the outside, they submit to his law. On the outside, they, they, they put up this front that they're following him. But on the inside, they resent him. They hate him. And they do not want to follow his leadership. They do not want to submit to him as Lord. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. But they're going to go along with it. Because it's out of fear and not out of love. Because he will rule with a rod of iron. What he says will go. Now, now, with that being said, after millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people are born and populate the planet, there's going to be tons of people that way. And when Satan is loosed, he's going to go back and do what he's always done. Now, now watch this. You remember I said there's a reason? Why would he turn him loose? This is to teach us some things. First of all, hell doesn't change anybody. Hell doesn't change anybody. Now, this was really enlightening for me. This is, it, this is really, really, if you'll take this and listen real good, this will really help you. Hell did not transform Satan. Hell did not. Uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word? When they send people to prison, they're trying to rehabilitate, rehabilitate. It did not rehabilitate him. It did not change him one bit. Listen, the demons that were released in the tribulation period, they went to cause suffer and mayhem and just chaos. Guess what? Hell didn't rehabilitate them either. Now watch that. What does that teach us? When people go to hell, they still will not change. I know we think in our mind, oh boy, if, if them people in hell could just have a second chance, they would, they would convert and repent and turn to God. No, they won't. No, they won't. You say, how do you know that? How, do y'all remember the tribulation period? Do y'all remember all of the, the, I mean, it was literal hell on earth being rained down upon humanity and they still refused to what? Repent. Matter of fact, they even knew who was doing it. And instead of repenting, they blasphemed his name. Three different times we saw that. Now, now this is going to mean something. This is going to mean something. Preacher, you need to tell me if we pulled a bunch of people out of hell, they'd still go back. That's what I'm telling you. Hell will not reform anybody. Okay. Now he's loosed. Now he's leading. He has deceived a countless as the sands of the sea, the Bible says the number is okay. So this is a ton of people that he has deceived and convinced, gathered them together. Let's overthrow Christ. That's what he tried to do the first time. Are y'all with me? Yeah. He tried, he, he tried a, a revolt in heaven, got kicked out of heaven. He's going to try it one last time. Listen, we see, see, see. What I say, A was? Okay, he's loosed, he's leading, and now he's losing. He's losing. God just says, I'm done with you, takes him and throws him in the lake of fire. All right, now, now, look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. There's a reason for this. Well, well I, hang on, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to get there so fast, but I'm going to get ahead of myself. Humanity. <clears throat> Let's look at humanity. 
Now give me the three for Satan real quick. He is. He is. And he is. All right. Humanity is deceived. Deceived. Write that down. What happened to Eve in the garden? She was deceived. In other words, what's happening? What's happening? What, what do we always say history does? What is happening? It's repeating itself. God, God turned the earth back to Eden. Matter of fact, they had it better than Adam and Eve in the garden. Because Jesus was there in physical bodily form to fellowship and be with them. But yet they were still deceived. Okay? Deceived. Write the word depraved. Depraved. They were in a perfect environment. They were under a perfect ruler. Can you imagine a a president who made every decision perfectly? Yeah, I know. We can't imagine that. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. We can't imagine that. Can you imagine a judge? Every sentence that he hands down was perfect. Every decision they make is perfect. And yet, they still rebelled against him. Depraved. Then destroyed. God just, God just says, I got this. And he just destroys them with fire. Just, just burns them up. Incinerates them. All of them. Incinerates them. Remember I said I'm going somewhere with this? This is the point. We saw Satan in this deal. We see humanity in this deal. Now look at God in this deal. Write this down. He is vindicated. Not that he needs to be. He's God and he can do whatever he wants to. God doesn't have to defend his actions. He doesn't have to defend his word. He doesn't have to defend anything he does. He can do whatever he wants to do anytime he blesses. You know, I heard a preacher preaching. uh, If, you know, if God doesn't judge America, he'll have to apologize to Sodom. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. God don't have to apologize for nothing to nobody. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to do it. But what he is doing when he turns Satan loose He's going to prove to mankind once and for all, man is not corrupt because of his atmosphere. Man is not corrupt because of bad leadership. Man is not corrupt because of the family he was born in. Man is not corrupt because of the the bad teaching that he had. Man is corrupt because he's corrupt in his heart. Man will have an opportunity to have a perfect leader, a perfect ruler, a perfect environment. Everything will be perfect. And watch this. No devil. Adam and Eve didn't even have that. Adam and Eve had to deal with Satan. The people on this earth won't even have that. God said, I'm going to take that away. I'm going to put you in a perfect environment. I'm going to put you back in Eden. I'm not going to allow anything to tempt you. And let's see how you turn out. And God's vindicated because even in a perfect everything, they still rebelled against God's leadership. What does that tell us? 
people, if we let everybody out of hell tonight and let them go through this life one more time, every one of them would be back in hell again. Now think about that. Listen, man is corrupt. The heart is desperately wicked, the scripture says. Are y'all with me? It's deceitful. What is, it, what is God proving? Man needs a savior. Man, oh, we need money for education. That just means you're going to have a smarter crook. The answer is not, the answer is not politics. The answer, and I'm for education. I'm for education. I, I think, I, I think, it, it, listen, I'm not for ignorance at all. I'm for education. But it, listen, education won't fix a heart. Politics won't fix a heart. Gun laws won't fix a heart. They'll just start killing people with a knife or with a car or with a bomb or, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to get in no debate. I'm just telling you the problem is not what people think it is. It's the heart. And the whole point of Satan being loosed is for God to prove that humanity is broken and they need a savior. Listen, so that's what you didn't get last week. <clears throat> He's vindicated. He's victorious. I don't care what you think. God's going to win every time, every time. He's victorious. Now, let's go to the, the last judgment. I spent too much time there. We got a lot to cover. Y'all see how that outline was way shorter on that part, and it, we were supposed to get through that faster. <laughs> All right, the last judgment. Daniel describes the last judgment. In his writing in Daniel 7, he said, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued, came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. Daniel describes it. Paul describes it in Romans 2. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up thyself, what? Wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous, what? Who will render to every man according to his. Now watch this. Watch this verse right here. This is intriguing. First Timothy, Paul tells Timothy this. First Timothy 5, 24. Some men's sins are open beforehand going before the judge or before to judgment. And some men, they. All right. What does that mean? Have you ever wondered why the judgment in the chronological order is at the very end? It's at the very end. In other words, when everything is said and done, because when the great white throne judgment takes place, the earth is going to be obliterated. It's going to be, it's going to be gone. It's going to be destroyed. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Peter talks about it. John speaks about it here. There'll be no earth. It'll be, it'll be non-existent. Everything that happens in the history of humanity will have happened. 
and then the judgment of the sinners. You remember when we, when we, we discussed the rapture, when the rapture takes place, the judgment seat of Christ for the saints, the church is going to happen right after the rapture, immediately after the rapture. So why is God waiting all the way to the end of everything before the great white throne judgment? This verse tells us. In other words, you see a man is a sinner. A man is a sinner and his, his deeds are open before and everybody can see them. Let's just use, let's do this. Let's use Hugh Hefner as a perfect example. Everybody can see his, his debauchery. Everybody can see uh, his fornication, adultery, all of these things you can see that he did. But guess what? He put out a product that has poisoned the minds of young men, even young women. It's as, it's as high in young women. And today it is just porn is just as bad with women today. And that product, he's dead now. He cannot any longer physically sin on this planet. But the product that he produces that he's responsible for is still causing men to fall and destroy in marriages. And all of those sins are being calculated, stored up, and they're going to follow after him. So this judgment cannot take place Till all of those sins have been counted. And they cannot be counted till the end of humanity. Does this make sense? And God's stacking them up. And he's calculating them all. Now we we saw all his sins before, while he was here. But he said, the Bible says some men's sins will... He's dead and been dead. But what he's responsible for is still stacking up. Does that make sense? Now watch. Now watch. Let's talk about this. First of all, A, we see the scene that's described. The scene that's described. It says in verse 11. In verse 11, and I saw a great, what? White throne. Very important. White. White's always the color of purity, holiness, clean, clean and white. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. In other words, God destroys the heaven and the earth. Uh, one, One commentator said he uncreated it. Just like he spoke it into existence with his word, he spoke it into non-existence. It is no longer, when you say, why did he do that? Because it was tainted with sin. And nothing going into eternity will be tainted with sin. That's why you and I have to have brand new bodies. Are are y'all with me? Glorified bodies. He's going to totally destroy everything. And I'm not going to go into detail on that because I knew we'd run out of time. We're going to do that on the next one when we talk about the new heaven and the new earth. Okay? So everybody, how, how many of y'all can be patient? Say amen. How many of y'all know you got no choice? <laughs> amen. We, we just got to be patient. All right. Now, watch this. Watch this. The scene. First of all, we see manifested righteousness. Very important. And very important with everything else we said, too, about the loosening of Satan and God being vindicated. 
Man will not be able to have an excuse. No excuse, no appeals, no objections. Are y'all with me? A perfect, righteous judgment. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He is the rock. His work is for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and is he. Psalms 9, 7. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. This is going to be a righteous judgment. In other words, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be righteous. It's going to be pure. It's going to be holy. Then we see number two, the multiplied recipients. Write that down. The multiplied recipients. He says in front of that throne, I saw the dead small and great stand before God. I saw the the dead small and great stand before God. Now, Now keep in mind, we're not talking about little people and taller people or skinny people and, and other people. <clears throat> we're talking about, we're talking, when it says great, he's talking about presidents. He's talking about ambassadors. He's talking about powerful people, rich people, wealthy people. John Phillips, John Phillips in his commentary, this is what he said. He kind of provocatively wrote this. There is a terrible fellowship there. The dead, small and great, stand before God. Dead souls are united to dead bodies in a fellowship of horror and despair. Little men and paltry women whose lives were filled with pettiness, selfishness, nasty little sins will be there. Those whose lives amounted to nothing will be there. Whose very sins were drab and dawdy, mean, spiteful, peevish, groveling, vulgar, common, and cheap. The great will be there. Men who sin with a high hand, with dash and courage and flair. Men like Alexander, Napoleon, Hitler, and Stalin will be present. Men who went in for wickedness, went in for wickedness on a grand scale with the world for their stage. Who died unrepentant at last. Now one and all are arraigned and on their way to be damned. A horrible fellowship congregated together for the first and last time. The dead, small and great. John 5 verse 28 says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in that which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. damnation. This judgment, this judgment, if I didn't already say it, ladies and gentlemen, this judgment is for the lost. It's for the lost. All right, don't get, don't get that mixed up. You know, we already covered the great white, or excuse me, the, the judgment seat of Christ earlier, the judgment where God's people will be rewarded for the deeds that they do. They will receive rewards for their service and rewards for their faithfulness, rewards for their good deeds. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Every single person standing at this judgment will be unredeemed. They will be lost. They will stand before God and give account for their life. This is the judgment of damnation, all right? So 
Everybody that's here at this judgment is what? Lost. 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 Okay. Now, now let's look. Number three. This is, this is a sad, sad part. There's a missing representation. There's a missing representation All we see, all we see is a judge. Now, now, y'all finish this sentence. Y'all finish this sentence. He, the person who has himself for a client has a what for a client? A fool for a client. He who represents himself has a fool for a client. That's basically saying if you go to court, you need a lawyer. You need representation. You need an advocate. He that represents himself has a fool for a client. A fool has said in his heart that there is no God. Guess what? I have good news for the saved in here. 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Yes, say amen. Romans 8, 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Say, preacher, are you worried about hell? No, I got an advocate. Are you worried about what, what you've done in your life? No, I got an advocate. I've got somebody that's sitting on the right hand of the father that's interceding on my behalf. And when the devil, the great accuser comes to accuse me, he'll say, wait a minute. I represent him. I represent him. He's covered. He's covered. His debt has been paid in full. Well, I didn't think there's no preaching. This and there's a little preach right there. Amen. For all the children of God, we have an advocate. We have an intercessor. We have a go-between. We have someone who will step up on our behalf. Somebody say amen. Amen. And because of that, the Bible says there is now no condemnation. But these people have no advocate. Who is our advocate? Who is our intercessor? Who is our representative? Now watch what we see. In this scene, in this picture, all we find is a judge. A judge. Let's see who that judge is. John 5, 22. For the father... Judgeth no man. Read it with me. But hath. Say it again. Why why, why don't we try it together? You ready? Here we go. But hath. John 5, 27. Let's read it. And hath. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, there's two kinds of people in this room right now. 
probably overwhelmingly saved. Because it's hard enough to get saved people on Wednesday night. <clears throat> but so most of y'all are probably saved. Because you want to be here. But I know in a crowd this size, everybody ain't. Now, here's the thing. When all this is said and done, guys, some of you are going to meet Jesus as an advocate. But those that you are that are lost, you're going to meet him as your judge. And I, I promise, I cross my heart, stick a needle in my eye, you don't want him as your judge. Because there's only one sentence, guilty. There's no plea bargaining. There's no getting out early. There's no appealing the sentence. I think, I'm telling you, I think the, the saddest part about this scene is the missing representation. This should make us sad for those who are lost, but this should make us so appreciative of our representation. And all God's people see it. Watch this next one. Listen, so, so we see the, the scene described. Then, then B, write this down. The substantiation displayed. Their sentence has got to be substantiated. In other words, he's got to have proof. You've got to have evidence. If you're going to find somebody guilty, y'all with me? I mean, after all, we're at court. Right? Watch this. I saw the, the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. So three things I want you to write down. <clears throat> First of all, there's a record that's clear. We used to sing a song. My Lord keeps a record. Love the song. It was more toward the record of, you know, God rewarding you and seeing what you do down here. And I'm glad that's the truth. I'm glad, I'm glad when people don't see what we do, God sees it all. And God will reward accordingly. But the, the thing is, God's keeping a record of every sin, every disobedient act, every irresponsible thing, every single thing a man does, God is recording it. There is a, a record that's clear. Number two, there's a role that's confirmed. There's a role that's confirmed. It says the book of life. In other words, the simplest way to do this in the shortest amount of time, everybody's going to heaven's name is in that book. If your name ain't in that book, you ain't getting in. That's the bottom line. You know, I, I, I've, I've read behind so many Bible scholars to try to be as smart as I can for you guys. And some of them disagree so much. You, you, you just 
You know, one says that God puts every name in the book and then those who do not believe in him or will not repent and turn to him, he blots their name out because there's verses that talk about having your name blotted out of the book of life. And some says that, you know, your name gets written in the moment you get saved. Now, I don't know if your name's there and then it gets blotted out if you don't get saved or if your name ain't there and when you get saved, it gets written in. But either way, if your name ain't in that book, you're going to hell. That's the bottom line. No matter what Bible scholar says what, it does not matter. Your name has to be in that book. And it's so important. Do y'all remember when Jesus sent out his disciples and they come back and they was jacked? up about what, what they had the ability to do. They were so excited about the gifts they had, the the skills that they were able to, uh, utilize casting out demons, healing people. I mean, they was all, it was like kids with a new toy. You know what Jesus did? He, he jerked a knot in their chain. He said, you need to quit worrying about that. You need to be thankful that your name is in the land book of life. Preacher, what are you saying? Don't be getting all excited about what you think you did in ministry because you didn't do it anyway. Whatever you get done in ministry, if it gets done, it's through his power and his spirit and his ability. You just need to be thankful that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Man, we ought to be doing backflips and thankful for salvation, thankful for grace, thankful for forgiveness. Because there is a role that's going to be called. And all God's people say it. God is keeping a record. And there are names on a roll. Then, Then see, we see the reasons that's concluded. Why is he recording all this? They're all going to hell anyway. I mean, why is there a judgment? Now think about that. They're all guilty. They're all going to hell. So why not just, what's the point of going over their life? Do y'all never think it like that? Is that the only one thinks like that? I mean, that's just, you know, what's the point? I mean, it's kind of like the deal with turning Satan loose again. What's the point? But there was a point. There was a point. Now watch. Because man's going to be held accountable for three things. His thoughts. Romans 2.16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Our thoughts. Matthew 12.36. But I say unto you that every idle word. We're going to give account for our words. That every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of. Now I say we, I'm talking about lost humanity, lost humanity. For by thy words, thou shalt be justified and by thy words, thou shalt be. Lost humanity will be judged by his thoughts, his words and his deeds. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. For God shall bring, what's that word? God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing. You know, all those things that politicians thinking they're getting away with. 
all those things everybody thinks they're getting away with. We give politicians a bad time, but their, hum, their humanity like everybody else is. They, nothing's hid from God. Not one thing. So, so when you get depressed and discouraged because you think somebody's getting away with something down here, they ain't. They're not getting away with it. Everything is being recorded. Every thought is being recorded. Every word is being recorded. Every deed is being recorded. Everyone. Everyone. There again, I say, what's the point? What's the point? Here's the point. Here's the point. What color is this judgment? It's the great white throne judgment. It's pure. It's righteous. It's righteous. In other words, it's right. No, watch this now. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I promise you. I got 14 minutes to explain this. So please pay close attention. Everybody is going to get exactly what's coming to them. Nothing more. And. Think about that. When I was growing up. I thought hell was hell. Everybody gets thrown into the same place. Experiences the same thing. Suffers the same experience. Suffers it. That wouldn't be righteous. Would it? Let's think logical a minute. Let's think logical a minute. Now, if somebody went over the speed limit by two miles an hour, did they break the law? If somebody shot somebody in cold blood, did they break the law? Do they deserve the same thing? That would not be righteous. Y'all with me? And see, this, this right here just blows all these people's mind when they say, all sin is the same. No, it's not. If that was the case, that everybody would get stoned for everything. But there were sins that you had to bring a sacrifice for, and there were sins they'd take you out to camp and stone you to death for. All sin is not the same. And all people's lives are not lived the same. Y'all with me? There's going to be murderers in hell. But then there's going to be, the Bible says, the fearful. They were just afraid. They may have wanted to trust Christ. Maybe they wanted to give their life to Christ, but they were afraid of what everybody think about them. Okay. I got you thinking now. All right. Let's see what the Bible says. See. We see the sentence is declared. The sentence is declared. Here's three things you need to know about this sentence. First of all, it's a proper sentence. It's a proper sentence. I didn't, I didn't put, if y'all look on the side of that, you see Luke 12, y'all see that? I, I did put that in y'all's outline, didn't I? Luke 12. Okay, go home and read that. Let me tell you what it means. There's going to be servants that deserve few stripes. 
And there's going to be servants that deserve many stripes. Jesus is describing, he's in explaining that there's going to be different degrees in hell. Different degrees of punishment. In other words, one's going to feel like few stripes. One's going to feel like many stripes. Does that make sense? Now, now go read that when you get home. Luke 12. Watch what Revelation 21, 8 says. But the fearful, fearful. I mean, that don't seem like that big a deal, does it? The fearful and unbelieving and the abominable. Now we get into something. And murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers. You know, them witches and warlocks and people. And idolaters and all shall, watch this now, here's the key, shall have their part, their part. In other words, everybody's going to have a place that's their place, that's designed for them, for their punishment, and for their just and righteous penalty. Now, do you think the murderer is going to get the same judgment as the fearful? No, that would not be righteous. Mark 12, Mark 12, verse 38. And he said unto them in his, in his doctrine, meaning his teaching, beware the scribes, which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows houses and for a pretense make long prayers Watch this now. Read it with me. These shall. If now, now guys, this is plain English. If there is a greater damnation, then there has to be a lesser damnation. Does this make sense? Okay. What's the point? God has to judge the thoughts, the words, the actions of every single person to put them where they belong. Every man will get exactly what he deserves. Nothing and because he is a righteous judge. Is this starting to make sense? Now watch. Where much is given. Let me tell you something. The opportunities people have will determine their punishment. In other words, if you grew up on the corner where there was a church beside you and you heard gospel preaching your whole life and you denied Christ. And you're standing beside somebody who never got an opportunity in that life. Did not have the opportunities that you did. Amen. Listen. No one. No one will be able to claim ignorance of God's standards. Because both creation. It's Romans 1.20. And our conscience. Romans 2.14 and 15. Reveal God's righteousness. Those without the knowledge of God's law will be judged on the basis of the knowledge that they did have. Romans 2, 12. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this, where much is given. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. 
There's going, to be some, there's going to be a lot, a lot of condemned people in the United States of America. They have got more access to the gospel than probably any nation on this planet. And in the face of all of that truth, still rebel against the will of God. I've... Mm, mm. It's going to be a proper sentence. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be just. Every single person is going to get exact. Now, now let me say this. Let me say this. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Hell's going to be hell. For all of them. It's going to be torment. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be, the, it's going to be indescribable for all of them. But everybody's going to get what's coming to it. Every deed, every thought, every word will be taken into consideration for the judgment that they will experience at the great white throne judgment. And all God's people see it. Number two, it's a punishing sentence. It's a proper sentence. Hurry, 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 guys. It's a proper sentence. It's a punishing sentence. Verse 10, verse 14, we see fire. I mean, it's always associated with fire. He was thrown, the devil was thrown with, the, with the, the false prophet and the antichrist to be tormented. The devil deceived them, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. It says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are, that's the record that God has kept according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. In other words, all the bodies, all, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The grave holds the body. Hell holds the soul. And one day the soul and body is going to come back together to be judged and then to be cast into the lake of fire. Hell is the temporary holding place of the soul till the judgment. And let me say this. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me because I don't want you to be confused and go out of here. Hell is not purgatory. There is no such thing as purgatory. There is no such thing as purgatory. You cannot get out of hell. I don't care how many of your people pray or pay money or anything That is a false teaching from the Catholic church. Hell is forever. When the rich man died in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torment. And he said, he said, can you send somebody to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my parching tongue for I am tormented in these flames. And listen, Abraham said, we can't go to you and you can't come to us. It's a done deal. And hell is the temporary holding place the final place is the lake of fire. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. This is the way it's described. It's described as fire. It's described as total darkness. Matthew 22 and 2 Peter 2. A never dying worm. Now I'm not, I'm not convinced on what that is. I've heard several different explanations and none of them, none of them was good enough for me to say, hey, this is one I believe it is. One, one described the, the, you know, the Bible says where the worm dieth not, you'll be cast where the worm dieth not. 
and they believe that it's whatever sickness you had on this earth, bodily sickness, whether it be diabetes, heart disease, uh, emphysema, whatever it may be, that that's the worm that will continue to you suffer with those uh, illnesses for the rest of eternity. One, which I tend to, I tend to lean more toward was this worm is a guilty conscience. What, what does a guilty conscience do? What is it? It's, it does something to you alive. It eat at you alive constantly. What, what, what calls, what calls Judas to hang himself? A guilty conscience. It was eating him alive. And so I, I tend to lean, I usually don't even discuss things that I'm not really sure about, but in this case, I, I, I kind of lean toward that because they're going to know their whole, the rest of their life, they're guilty. Banish, yeah, dad said either one's bad. I don't want either one of them. <clears throat> Banishment from God's kingdom, Matthew eight twelve. Torment, torment, Revelation twenty ten. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. That means the pain is so intense and so terrible, you just grit your teeth and grind your teeth. Matthew 8, 12. And then number three, quickly. What was one? What was A? A proper sentence. Number two? A punishing sentence. Number three, a permanent sentence. Now listen. Let, let's let's go back. Let's go back. I, I need to I need to clarify something. Verse ten. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire, where the beast and the false prophet are. It didn't say was. They still there. After a thousand years, they were still there. Preacher, why are you saying that? Don't believe the doctrine of annihilation. Don't believe that. Now, I know it might be comforting to the mind to think, okay, they just, they're, you know, it's over with and they're not hurting anymore or whatever. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Matter of fact, it goes on to describe it even in more detail. And shall be... Everybody, and shall be. We don't even need a dictionary to define them words, do we? That's pretty clear, isn't it? Listen, you don't have to go. You don't have to go. Everybody, everybody look at me just a minute. Everybody. We got 29, we ain't even in the red yet. Jesus died. He paid your debt. He rose again so he could be your advocate. He wants you as a client. Don't have to face him as a judge. For whosoever shall call Upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's none 
Righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For whosoever shall call upon his name. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For if we will confess him Lord, believe on him with all of our heart. Are y'all with me? You don't have to go. You don't have to go. If you go, you chose it. And you'll remember that. That little worm will eat you alive for eternity. 